we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm Sam Walker here, of course, for you every single week with the one and only great leader Simone Roche. Hello, you. Hello, how are you, Samantha? What a weird week. What do you think? A weird mm. week. Mm. Wherever you are in the world, I'm obviously in the States at the moment and here in the United States this week has been incredibly difficult. We've seen protests springing up over the horrific murder of George Floyd. Those have turned in some cases into riots and looting. We're under curfew here in Arizona. We must stay in our houses from eight at night until five in the morning every single day. It's a time of tension. It's a time of upset. A lot of people are afraid. And on top of all of this, of course, I think we're a lot of us having to re-examine the way that society has treated people of colour, Western society. It's been a really overwhelming week. And, oh, let's not forget, there's still a pandemic going on and we're pretty much in lockdown. So, oh my goodness me, hands out to everyone who struggled this week. Yeah, really just so many different statements and voices out there. And, and you know, um, Killer Kenny, I watched his speech over and over again. You know, he kept saying, I, I don't know what to say. I'm not really sure what I can say to inspire. But he just kept talking. And that seems mm. to be the message this week. If you're not sure what to say, it's, it's important to say something. Um, although I do have a caveat to that unless you're Donald Trump, please don't, you know, because, I mean, some of his remarks, some of his staged photographs with the Bible, that I mean, come on, and that's purely electioneering, you know, really a uh, tough week. And I, I think I keep going back to that, what do you say if you're not sure what to say? I think you uh, listen, um, do you know, I think you listen. If you don't know what to say, listen. And I think this is a major theme that I've noticed this week is lots of people saying, listen, listen to black people, listen to other people of colour. Don't tell them anything. Stop and listen. And I think that is really, really important. And I've thought a lot this week, Simone, about Ruth Ibeg Boone, an amazing woman, of course. She's been interviewed, well, many times she's appeared on the Northern Power Women podcast, but just uh, last year, she was a fantastic interviewee for one of our season one episodes she now heads up the roots collective which is all about connecting people and connecting stories and she talked a lot about i suppose intersectionality within organizations you know like northern power women and the fact we all know every single woman listening to this who works in business knows what it's like to be the only woman in the room and how that feels and it feels difficult to be other to be that that different voice in a room And quite often we might look around our networking events where we are 99% women and feel like we are supported and feel like our voices will be heard. But quite often black women, British Asian women, 
other women of colour might be the only woman who isn't white in that room. And that's what we've got to remember. And it's kind of our responsibility to make sure they have a platform and their voices are heard. 100%. And I know Ruth always talks, doesn't she? She talks about, you know, uh, it, well, it's ultimately defining intersectionality, isn't it? She goes, you know, I am a, a black woman from the north. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she is, I, and, and she, she, she says that she, I absolutely am a dream for, for conference organisers because <laughs> I tick all of those boxes, you know. But then she gets frustrated because you know, sometimes it's just, it, people are just lazy because they're like, oh, here you go. We'll get you on. There we go. We've answered we've answered the whole diversity problem. Yeah, and, of course, yeah. you haven't. Uh, so I think this is why it's so important that, uh, you know, I, we bang on about role models, role models, role models, but this is by role models is so important everyone's got a story everyone's got a voice and I hear what you're saying about it's really important to listen this week it's also important to to read as well uh to read back yeah you know I I read the June Sarpong's Diversify a few years ago when it first came out she's a you know great friend um and then I've I've gone back through the audible as well because you're going hold on a second we Every day we have to keep learning. Every day we have to educate. We we want to use our voice to influence, mm. but we've got to keep educating ourselves as well. And we've got to keep, I'm totally with you and I'm totally committed that we have to keep giving a platform. It's a responsibility. Northern Power, when we built this huge community, Northern Power Futures, we built this huge community and we have that responsibility and desire to give people a, a platform and a stage. We've now got this power platform that we've built for exactly the same reason that is now spanning globally to put profiles out there because there's a there's a book I've been again revisiting, you know, Slaying Your Lane. It talks about Dr. Karen Blackett does the forward and she she talks about, you know, when she was growing up, she couldn't see those role models. Can't be it, can't see it. Mm. So, you know, I, I think this is why we want we want to tell stories of all backgrounds, all races, all social mobility. We want to be able to to tell those stories. I've been I've been called out in the past. I remember getting a nominee in in recent years for saying, you know, I'm not sure I went to progress my application because I can see there it is. It seems to be quite a lot of white faces, and I'm yeah. like, well, I need your help. And she goes, well, I don't know whether do I fit in this if this is. And I'm like, you're a senior, a black woman, and she's an influencer. And I said, it's and I said, so help me. I said, if the language is not right. What do we do if we miss something? Yeah. This is about a really no. genuinely want to be able to create and flood the, you know, so whether it's the airwaves or whether it's the website with amazing visibility and fantastic stories and fantastic humour from all these amazing people. It's really important. And I think we can all look at ourselves. Every every single person should look at themselves and think, what more can I do now to make sure other voices are heard. It's not enough just to go, oh, well, if someone wants to speak, I'll let them speak. We need to we need to be proactive. Like Ruth Abegbuna said, we need to seek people out. I heard a really brilliant discussion on NPR here in the States yesterday, and it was a, a black police officer who said it isn't enough that the police force say we are recruiting African-Americans. It's not enough. He said, unless you have got recruitment posters up in every hair salon, every nail salon, every local shopping mall where 
every single African-American woman I know goes every single week, you are not actively recruiting from uh, the African-American community. Do you know, Simone, it really reminded me when I interviewed Helen Baker from Sage and she talked about where at Sage they were actively trying to recruit from the LGBT community. And she said, you don't just put your regular ads in your regular newspapers or technology press you go and you put ads in lgbtq press because that is if you ask if you you have to walk the walk and not just talk the talk it's interesting that i heard Meghan markle speak and she was naming names some i'd heard of most i hadn't and then i heard you know a, um, a british poet this morning again he said you know there's names i haven't heard because this is happening all the time people are dying in police custody all over the world and we don't know their names i also saw um uh, dominique walker be interviewed and she is the sister of anthony walker who was the victim of a race crime, Mm. oh gosh, many years ago. And she's a former police officer. And she was so passionately, again, saying it's not about just saying we want this or we want, it's absolutely about the doing. It's, 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 It's so deep. It can't just be fixed with somebody making one statement. It has to go further than Mm. that. It has to be followed through. And in a month's time, it can't have gone away. No, and I've seen people on social media quoting statistics saying actually some white people have also been killed in custody and all this. What frustrates me there is it's almost like people are actively trying to say it's not a problem, it's not a problem, it's not a problem. And it's not just about those absolutely horrific deaths and the horrific wrongful arrests. It is the everyday insidious behaviour that people of colour are subjected to. It is not just about those big events, although though none of those events should happen at all. It is about the small things. It's about the fact yeah. that my friend Hamid, when I was growing up in London, you know, when after I left uni and I went and lived in London in the early 90s, every time he walked home from a club at three in the morning, he would get stopped as a black man living in southwest London pretty much every single Saturday night. Because what are you doing here? You know, we've all got thousands of stories that we know that. And in a way, we need to listen now and say, OK, well, what can we do to help? Because anyone who thinks there isn't white privilege is kidding themselves. And we need to reach out and say, OK, this is a moment. This is a turning point in history. We've been talking a lot, haven't we, Simone, yeah. over the last few weeks about this is a big moment in history. I mean, goodness me, 2020. But now is the time we need to say, OK, listen, what can we do? Absolutely. I interviewed Nisha Katona this, this oh, week. Oh, what a woman. The, uh, I know. You're, you're craving those chat bombs now, aren't you? If you don't know Nisha, <laughs> Nisha Katona, uh, MBE. Uh, she's the founder of Mowgli Street Food. She's got uh, 13, 14 restaurants. She employs 500 staff. She was a barrister till five or six years ago. And she is. She's she's quite a force of nature. We've got the interview on our Northern Power Women YouTube channel. It's, it is, is brilliant. But I talked to her about racism she grew up in a small Lancashire town a working mm-hmm. town uh, Skelmersdale yeah. and she was called every name under the sun everything that you could imagine and despise about racial verbal abuse it came her way as a and small it's girl just not Ugh. acceptable as a small girl yeah, not yeah. acceptable she said her daughters who were 16 and 18 had mm. the same thing it's not the responsibility of the persecuted communities to find the solution right they yeah, did not create not. this they didn't create this evil construct it's not their responsibility it is our responsibility we have Absolutely. to take responsibility for this i'm reminded 
before we get onto our life lessons, because we've got a corking one this week, but I'm reminded of talking to Marnie Millard, blimey Simone, right at the beginning of this podcast life, a couple of years ago now. And she was talking about diversity on boards and how difficult it is to get diversity. She was saying about one time looking, she was putting together a board and there was a man who had no experience of being on a board, an older British Asian Muslim guy who ticked none of the boxes in terms of he hadn't got the appropriate inverted commas level of education. He hadn't got the appropriate uh, uh, experience in business. He hadn't run a company with more than 10 employees, all this sort of thing that all the other people on the board and he got rejected for the post because he didn't fit the criteria. And Marnie fought for him and said, look, this man might not tick those business boxes, but that's just a tick box exercise. He has got experience of business. He's got experience of working closely with communities. He's got experience of working with all these different employees, of growing a brand. Just because it doesn't fit into the existing framework doesn't mean he doesn't have value. And she fought and he got on the board and he completely transformed the way that board functioned simply by being there and again this is another thing we need to do is just think slightly outside the box like the like the police officer yesterday saying put your recruitment notices up in hair salons it's it's that sort of thinking we all need to get on board with and it is just i know before we got into our life lessons otherwise you know um but one of the things we've we've done we've done another round of our power circles this week you know we've done six of our power circles across the north in four days but one of the things that we're looking at as a result of these is what does that new leadership style look like and not and through a gender neutral lens actually you know what does that look like and i think about is that thinking out the box it is marnie's approach is that police officer's approach we've Mm. got and i think by redefining that it's not just repeat 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 of, uh, you know, A.K. Donald Trump or lack of clarity, lack of clarity is in other governments out there. It's absolutely about what, you know, what is that new? What is that new way of doing things? I think there's a whole new new leadership that will be a part of this change. Right, Simone, it's time for our life lessons. Every single week we hear from an absolutely fantastic member of our Northern Power Women community who share with us just five little lessons they've learned along the way. I tell you what, I've been using so many of these over the last few weeks. I've had a bit of a tough time over the last couple of weeks and many, many times so much brilliant advice has sprung to mind. Who are we hearing from this week? This week we've got Mel Venner and she is the Director of Operations at Rise Recruitment and I love the thing about Mel is that she absolutely loves her job. She says I'm one of those jammy people. <laughs> here's, her, here's her life lessons. My name's Mel Venner and I'm Director of Operations at Rise Recruitment Ventures. We're an investment firm looking to partner with recruitment leaders who want to build high growth businesses. What's one piece of advice that's really stuck with you? I'd say think about what you want to say, then half it, because then the words are going to have twice the impact. If you gave yourself a verbal word count, you wouldn't waste it on phrases like, I was just wondering if. When have you taken a risk and what happened? When I was 23, I was offered the chance to help build a team in Perth, Australia. I'd never been away for more than a two-week family holiday before, let alone moving to the other side of the world. I had no friends or family out there and zero savings. It was a performance-based sales role and there was no safety net for me at all, so I had to really back myself. I went and after a shaky start while I found my feet, not least because nobody could understand my accent, I started to bring in revenue and accounts for the business. 
I made some absolutely life-defining memories and some friends for life. When have you faced imposter syndrome and what did you do about it? Well, look, pretty much my whole life um, I faced imposter syndrome. So as well as being a woman, I'm mixed race, I work in class and I come from a family where selling out and, and, and going to uni was actively discouraged. You know, I was, I was the rebel in the family for, for going to uni. So I don't often meet people who share this background. And at home, I can end up feeling like an imposter for being too professional. And then I go to work and because recruitment and reinvestment are predominantly privileged and male at a certain level, I can, I can feel like an imposter there too. So I think what my experience has taught me is that all you can do is, is play to the whistle. So if I feel like an imposter, the onus is on other people to prove that I shouldn't be playing. So if I keep my head in the game and get amongst it, there are only two possible outcomes. So one is that I get an opportunity to develop that I would have been deprived of if I didn't go for it. Or two, nobody blows the whistle. And I've only really found out how good a player I am by only responding to external cues rather than internal ones. Tell us about a time you have had to be resilient I endured a particularly toxic work environment after I handed my notice in at a company which uh, shall remain nameless. It involved people slamming cupboards in my face, being told not to attend meetings so that I could be talked about and getting blanked in the office. I told my boss and not only did he condone the bullying, he actively joined in and said that it was to be expected because I was leaving. I didn't want to give them the satisfaction of forcing me out so I stayed and I did some of the best work I've ever done and I killed them with kindness and I know for a fact that it absolutely did their heads in. What advice would you pass on to someone starting their career today? I'd say don't be afraid to fail. It means that you're expanding what you're capable of. So like, if you think about when you go to the gym and you do something to failure or you smash out a PB, you feel proud that you've left nothing in the tank so I think that we should have the same approach to work that you know failing equals progress. Thank you so much to the brilliant Mel Venner and absolutely terrific life lessons from her store them away use them when you need them that's what they're here for and we would love to hear from you please we've got a bunch of questions that we can send to you you pick five and send them back we can explain it all on an email so drop us a line podcast at northernpowerwomen.com we would love to hear from you thank you Right, I'm off on the merry way soon, Simone, because I'm away this weekend. Um, I've had a bit of a tricksy week, which I will tell you all about on my podcast, Desert Diaries. It did involve calling the police several times and driving a van into the middle of the desert that housed absolutely every object we own in the world. But that's another story for another day. What about you? Okay, Walter White. Uh, (laughs) You can tell me about that offline or next week then. So I think this weekend, I, you know, I might go like many people did this week and go and queue for four hours for meatballs in Ikea. What? I mean, what? Yeah, exactly. What? What the actual heck is that about? I know you're vegan, so you're like, I wouldn't be queuing anyway. But seriously, four hours for meatballs. No, I'm out. The last Ikea I went to did a very good vegan meatball. Just putting it out there. Don't think it's worth waiting four hours for, but each to their own. Man alive.
Well, have a good weekend. Don't be doing anything dodgy in the desert in your van. I'll be watching your Instagram feed very closely. Thank you so much, Simone, and thank you for listening. There you go then, another episode of the Northern Power Women podcast. The next episode will be coming your way on June 15th. Until then, do get in touch, podcast at northernpowerwomen.com or of course you can tweet us at North Power Women. I'm Sam Walker and the Northern Power Women podcast is a What Goes On Media production. Listener.